Welcome to episode 108 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Katana Zero. You can find all things Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club, on Instagram at leftbehindgameclub, and on Twitter at leftbehindclub. If you like what you've heard, you can do us two favors. Send the show to a friend and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice. It really helps. Without further ado, here's Katana Zero. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Shaka McCord, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him. His name is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a very cool game. We are talking about a cool video game with my second friend, Shenron the Dragon himself, Momotati. <laughs> We're going to get like a trademark strike or something <laughs> there. All right, Mo, guys, what's going on? It's not Shenron. Don't take it. Don't, don't attack us, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Uh, today we are playing Katana Zero, a game developed by ASCIISoft, published by Devolver Digital, released on Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, uh, which was first released on April 18th of 2019. Gentlemen, I'm going to start the show the way we start the show every time with our fast pitch, which is a one-sentence pitch on this game. Who wants to give us their one-sentence pitch first? I got it. I'm going to go first. It is All right, a, Mikey, it's all you. It is a side-scrolling Hotline Miami. Dang, you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mo. you stole all three because like it's exactly what it is. It's it's Hotline Miami version 2 and you're focusing on a sword. Um a fast pitch platformer um where the adrenaline doesn't stop. I don't know. That's 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 my little yeah. mini modification. Uh side-scrolling samurai takes drugs and controls time there's Ooh, my pitch okay, okay, literally okay. stole my pitch mike this game is hotline <laughs> miami with a sword uh but i want to know what did you know about katana zero before i said hey we should play katana zero for the podcast the only thing that i knew was that it was a devolver digital game so i knew it was gonna ooze style um mm-hmm. but i did not realize just how close it would be to hotline miami another devolver digital game i think the most devolver in, in digital game in like I think that was the first time I ever really knew about Devolver was through Hotline Miami. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I associate them extremely closely in my mind. But yes, this is that's the only thing that I knew about this game. It was a Devolver game. Mo, what'd you know? Um, Pretty much what Mike knew, but a little bit less. So Devolver Digital doesn't immediately ring a bell to me when I hear that name. Um, So I did the usual quick like research, Katana Zero, like what is it? And I saw Hotline Miami being shown as like... uh, the same development studio. I was like, as soon as I saw that, I remembered how much I enjoyed Hotline Miami and it had my interest. So when you guys were like, let's play it, I loved Hotline Miami. I, it definitely earned that second chance for me to check out the game. Yeah, and I first checked out the game with a uh, friend of the show, Travis Colnut. We both went to, I think it was PAX East in 2019 it was about a month before the game came out and they had a huge display in the middle of the floor and Travis was like immediately drawn to it because 
it had it looked really cool and had like VHS effects as part of like the style of the game. So uh, I knew about it before it came out, but when it hit Game Pass, I was like, okay, this is the game that I'm going to play now. It uh, it was the first game I played on my Xbox Series X, and Ooh. I am really happy that I played it. So I played it on a combination of Xbox One S to Xbox Series X, uh, thanks to Xbox Game Pass. How did y'all play it? Uh, I had it on the, the Switch. It was on sale, I think, when I picked it up, so that was another little bonus. Um, and I'm actually surprised. I th- I played it mostly on like the mobile version because I love just locking in into the Switch, like just being in that like fast pitched flow with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I played it on the dock a couple times on like the big screen, and it didn't feel the same. I kind of was like, I just want to play it off of the the portable version again. That's so funny, Mo. Because uh, so I'm in the middle of a move right now, and I don't have a setup where I have a free TV that I could hook up a console to. So I am using the newly released uh, xCloud streaming on my Ooh. phone with a uh, Xbox Elite controller with a with a phone mount on it. Cool. So cool. I was cool. playing it um, with an, uh, an Elite Xbox controller, I don't know, probably a foot or two away from my face, staring at about a five-inch phone. Um, and I was really, really <laughs> surprised really at how well it performed um, and how... Yeah, how much how much it worked? That sounds. I'm really gonna have cool. to. I'm gonna have to try that because I have not played. What is the new name for XCloud? Like the proper name? It's like Xbox Game Streaming or something. Unimportant, but I need to try it on on that because you're holding your mount, no one can see it. But like that seems like a very cool way to play the game. Yeah, it was. I, it worked way way better than I was expecting. Um. And I think the thing, so I mean, I guess this is also part of a review of uh, <laughs> the xCloud streaming, <laughs> but it was it was really responsive. Um, there wasn't really stutter or lag. Um, it worked really, really well. And as I'm sure you guys know, there are a lot of graphical glitches in this game. And at mm-hmm. first I wasn't sure if that was the, the game streaming. Uh, but it, no, <laughs> that's actually the game. And then there are also yeah. moments where it requires you know, really fast twitch movement. And I thought, oh, maybe the reason I'm getting this wrong is because of the um, the input lag or the delay. But nope, it was because I was tackling it the wrong way. Because you're terrible at video games? That's it, oh. yeah. Let me that- tell you, I, I know something about being bad at video games. So <laughs> welcome to my world. I was actually going to ask Mike about like the latency and like, cause there's some, there's some levels and I was playing it. I'm like, I need to be exact, like three, three pixels over. As soon as I cross this guy's path, I have to deflect and then roll. And like, yep. I'm thinking like it's a small, small, small screen that might be tricky, but with like low latency, if you miss a jump and it's like not your fault, that might be frustrating. Yeah. Well, it definitely becomes muscle memory. Like at a certain point, I didn't even need to look at the screen. I just knew what I had to do. I had to kick through the door, crush this person, then uh, slow down time, deflect the bullet, drop down, and throw a Molotov cocktail. Mm. And I just learned the button combination. So we've kind of talked around what this game is. We mentioned, hey, it's like Hotline Miami. You know, you're talking about deflecting bullets and, you know, pixel perfect precision when you're controlling your character. Um, Could we just dive in and talk about what this game is, how you play it, what the gameplay is like? Because we said side-scrolling Hotline Miami game with a sword, but I think there's more to it than that. 
I'll take a crack. Um, fill in the gaps where you guys think. But so yeah, it's essentially it's a two D platformer. Um, where you play this samurai sword wielding, I guess samurai because he's wearing. He looks like he seems to be wearing the same like garb as a samurai would, and it's in that like sixteen bit Hotline Miami style where it's like cartoony. Uh, super retro looking with like retro music and like techno music as well Um, and what you're doing is you're almost like fulfilling these contracts where you're looking for like killing a high value target whether it's an assassin or whatever it might be and before every round you seem to be speaking to like a therapist who's kind of talking to you about what you're reliving you're kind of treading the water like you're, you're stepping between like is this real life is is my character going through some ptsd um is this maybe all a hallucination in their head there's drugs involved so that kind of plays into what's going on and the whole game is like a fast-paced murdering assassin targets while you're trying to figure out if what's happening in real life is real or not and that's where those glitching things that mike was talking about come into play so a lot of things happening but you're a drugged out samurai trying to kill high value targets I think that's a really good summary. I think what I would add is that it takes place in this neo-alternate reality shortly after Vietnam, where um, one of the key turning points in Vietnam was not the use of napalm and, and other chemical warfare, but uh, chemical warfare in the, in the way of creating an army of super soldiers who could control time and continue to fix their mistakes and uh i I think that the war that you're referring to was called the the chromag war and the country is called new mecca um but you guys nailed it it's it's about drugs it's about a a man called subject zero it's got that neo-noir style it is fast the input that you need is huge you don't have a health bar and uh, some of the mechanics include like slowing down time which is one of the side effects of the drugs that you're on the drug is called chronos we find that out later in the game um but it's all about deflecting bullets slowing down time dodge rolling attackers and making your way through a bunch of contracts that involve like you know 6 to 15 rooms of getting to the target and taking them out the thing that really surprised me, though, is I didn't expect, like, and, and maybe I should have given the game Hotline Miami was, but I wasn't expecting the story that we got, and I also wasn't expecting, like, the dialogue system that was in the game. Like, that, to me, was the biggest surprise. Uh, does, Mo, do you want to explain the kind of the dialogue system? Uh, yeah, sure. Like, within each conversation, you have, like, the options to, like deviate your conversation to a certain way or like cut off the conversation abruptly and be abrasive with like in the therapist situation you can like cut off this conversation with him asking what's going on with your dreams by saying give me my meds now like i'm over this (laughs) so you you kind of get that path i didn't this was one of like not the best parts of the game for me the reason being i found that i was choosing like natural conversation like what i would kind of pick in that situation if i was like a traumatized samurai whatever it might be so i was picking the easier like path not abrasive like going through yeah essentially and then i found that a lot of times it was forcing you to go to that like abrasive nature and i it wasn't as like natural it would have been kind of cool for them to like in the conversation show the guy getting frustrated but there was always a path to be nice and once you went to that path it's like okay that's not an option anymore you have to be angry now so i I, maybe i i didn't have the same experience as everyone there's a lot of times when i felt i was just guided towards a more aggressive drug crazed conversation which maybe i didn't want in that specific flow or the gameplay that i was going with I feel like this game is the closest experience I'll ever have to being Mo, where I did not read, I did not pay too much attention to what the story was. 
I just killed. I killed, I killed, I slashed, I threw knives at people, I threw bottles at people, I threw smoke bombs at people, I threw molotovs at people, I slowed down time, I deflected their bullets back at them, and I did not care for what the story was, other than that there was a cute little kid who you were trying to protect. So, uh, full disclosure, my original self was trying to just plow through, but I knew I was going to get attacked if i didn't like try to go through the story try to go through the conversation so when you guys fill in the gaps of what was going on i could at least keep up uh but michael i swear part of me just wanted to like smash a smash a and then get to the next level because i love the puzzle aspect of each round like once you kind of once you went through one like spin of the level you're on you're like okay i got this the hardest part is person x i'll save maybe a molotov for them uh, and you're just like it, it once you get into a flow i love that i didn't really care about the story that much either uh, i was in the same boat as you same as much as it was super stylish i just didn't care did you find the game difficult um because i i would play this game in like 20 minute sessions and i always found myself like maybe moving ahead like two or three rooms and then like getting stuck and then doing the thing where like I stop playing, I leave and then I think my brain like solves it while I'm um, while I'm not playing and then I come back to it. Like I couldn't imagine playing this game like over a like very, very tight window because I don't know if it would be pleasant. I don't want to jump in right away, but it, yes and no. I, I liked, I really liked the difficulty of this game but it, I don't even think it was difficult at all because, like, every every character you're fighting is one strike away from dying. You just have to remember that pattern for that character. So if there's a room with three of them, that adds a level of complexity where you can't just strike because you can only strike within every, like, second or whatever it might be. So it's all preparation. If you just figure everyone if you figure out everyone's weakness i feel like you can clear the room so quickly if you have a time crunch maybe this game gets a little frustrating because for me i spent a couple sessions in it like i have like a i'll play an hour and the only reason i would stop is because like i want to do something else like in the day or whatever it be so i'm like okay i I progress past this level i'll stop i'll come back to it. i know how to beat it but i'll get it like later on in the day when i have 15 minutes and i know i just need like the two or three minutes of focus and i can beat this round I uh, like it's kind of weird because I don't think that this game is that hard, um, but I think it took me longer to beat than it probably took Jacob and and maybe even Yumo because um, I just didn't find it that frustrating when I wasn't making progress. I just knew like I just needed to continue and the barrier to restarting the level is so low. It's just tapping the A button twice or tapping any button twice that just getting back in going over and over and over was was actually I think like pretty easy it didn't add a lot of stress the only times that i felt frustrated by it was when i couldn't tell what i needed to do to get past something there was one point with the final boss where i looked up like how do you get past this and i realized oh this thing that i tried and didn't work you could actually end up doing it my major positive is what you just talked about mike um so you have to look up that final thing. I'm in the process right now with the games I'm playing. They're kind of sim- like challenging to like repetitive games. Uh, right now I'm playing one of the the new Demon Souls, uh, and that one in itself is like you can speed run it if you wanted to if you knew exactly how to play it. I'm f- slowly learning that. 
I didn't do much research for it, and I didn't realize you just have to, like, be okay with the chaos. If you just slow yourself down and, like, okay, it's 1v1, like, you can eat, just move around this guy, he's dead kind of thing, that becomes, like, a state of mind you have, and I applied it to this game, where, like, I'm going to a room, and I'm like, oh, you're resetting me, like, 10 seconds ago? Easy peasy, Demon Souls is sending me to the front of the bridge every single time. So <laughs> it's one of those things where if you're okay with like, hey, it's fine. Like you have the tools to get to that point. You can get there very fast, even though you're redoing it. Now it's like, it's it's a rhythm game. This game is a pure rhythm puzzle game. If I if someone was going to name it something. I completely agree with you, Mo. I think it's so funny that you bring up Demon Souls because it's been kind of a contentious debate between, I guess, the three of us and our community as to whether Demon Souls should have <laughs> difficulty levels. I, I honestly, I think the reason I love those Souls type games is because you know your character rarely ever gets stronger, right? It isn't like you're progressing by unlocking new things or getting new abilities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's just you as a player are gaining mastery over the the tools in the game, the the movement of your character, the abilities within it. And that level of mastery I find is way more rewarding than, you know, unlocking more hearts or gaining more stamina. You know, uh, recently I've been playing Breath of the Wild and when I watch people take down a Lionel with like four or five boomerangs and they, you know, they could have done that at the beginning of the game the moment they got those weapons, it was not about what things they unlocked that allowed them to do it. It's, it's about the mastery that they have over it. And that, to me, I think is the, the most rewarding, coolest part of it. I love solving those puzzles. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to, like, do you like puzzles? If you like puzzle games, it's something you're going to like. Like Portal, it's a puzzle game. Like you can, It gives you the tools you need and you can advance. But if, like, you don't... It, there's a lot of people that just don't like to, like do those little puzzles like building legos and like connects and things like that it's just not entertaining for them to them it's just frustrating i can see where this game is like it's a great i see it's a great game it looks demon souls looks great hotline miami looks great but i don't want to stress out when i play video games this is me like three years ago pretty much now it's like i'm really into these like micro puzzles and like these things that you can just step by step destroy easily like calm down (laughs) but it gives you so much chaos and like anxiety when you're playing them because so many things are happening it's like i have to be exact it's like no you don't just step at a time and once you get over that hump i think you start enjoying these types of speed run difficult games if you don't want to go that hump that's fine too because we have so many games we have access to it doesn't have to be a genre you want to go into but if you do it's a great genre and i think it's going to be rewarding for almost anyone if they want to dabble into that path yeah i i would just add like i think the the thing that uh video games are really good at is teaching and i think these types of games are really good at making you feel comfortable with failure because you're expected to fail over and over and over that in the process of failing so often you gain that mastery your learning curve just you know, is is a lot higher because no one's holding your hand through it. Um, you you just have the ability to fail without any real consequence over and over and over. Like you said, Mo. Yeah, and what? Oh, I I lose. I'm gonna go back ten seconds. Big deal. And what I think is incredibly cool is there's like a narrative justification as to why like your character is able to do this, which I think is just like an even cooler thing. Because in Hotline Miami, like. There wasn't, and and again, that's like not a problem at all. It's just like another cool layer. And do you guys think I like this game? Because I I just want to see like it's difficult. <laughs> it was challenging. Do you think I liked it? 
I think you're more positive um, on it than you are negative, but I don't know if you would say like, this is an eight out of 10. I, l- I really, really like this game. Yeah. I, I don't want to seem like I'm also standing here, Jacob, as like, this is like the best game ever. I have like a, just like a quick little spoiler alert. I, I think it's a great game. Um, but I liked Hotline Miami. I'll just do a little teaser there before I summarize it in the end. So I'm not a full, like, this is the greatest game. Everyone drop everything and play it. Um, but for you, Jacob, I think you're kind of in that same mindset because we have played Hotline Miami. It was pretty yeah. enjoyable. And I think we're all going to be comparing it to that. And it's like, I don't know for me if it reached that. And my guess for you is maybe it didn't reach that as well. I love this game. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. It, it's, yeah, I think the the story was like, thin but like surprising as to like how much i enjoyed it the aesthetic was great the music was great and just like i want to talk specifically about the feel like the feel of like rolling when you're slow-mo deflecting a bullet with your sword and then like killing a man with the deflected bullet and then rolling past and murdering someone else was like so satisfying and it didn't matter if i had to do it like 20 different times to get it it was just so fun and having like the the dialogue be the way it was and like the story kind of be a little bit cool with some layers to it like this game is great like i i love this game really i'm kind of surprised to hear that you love this game because i, love I feel it. like i loved you, it if you can like this game you can like a souls game i honestly don't <laughs> think they're that far apart i really don't i don't think they're that far mm-hmm. apart it's a, it's a similar mentality um, I to your point though about how stylistic and cool the kills were, uh, I think the the really nice touch was at the end of each level they give you a replay at full speed of of your character pl- like going through and demolishing the room or demolishing that 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 frame or that panel, um, and they weren't always the most stylistic. You know there are times where my character's waiting at the other side of the door for the guy to walk up so I can like open the door, crush him with it, and move on to the next part. But um, on the whole, there are some really, really cool highlight reel moments. I love that mechanic, Mike. Uh, There's like in the beginning, it was kind of like, okay, I've cleared like three guys in a couple of rooms. It's not a cool kill. I don't want to see it again. So you fast track through it. But there was some like later game levels where they don't show you the replay right away. You have to go through like a bunch of elevators kind of thing. And at the end, it just shows you everything you just did. Or when you have those moments where it's like, how did I get past this room? It was just chaos. Your body's just remembering to roll, remembering to deflect and you clear a big thing. And once you finally clear it, you're like, you exhale. And then it's like, do you want to see a replay? It's like, of course, that was insane so for me i'd love watching kind of like a quick replay of what was going on it's like that i don't know how i did that so i need to see it in slow motion because it was just jerking and like timing and planning kind of thing i loved it even even little stuff like the upward slash that like murders a fool like there is there are very few things that don't feel incredibly satisfying and even some of the boss battles which like let's say a, one of the boss battles had like 10 phases and maybe there was a like a checkpoint in the middle even having to repeat those in my case like 30 or 40 times to like get the very precise movement of okay here comes the laser i have to dodge then i have to jump then i have to slash down okay cool slow mo roll like it was just very satisfying and i don't know if you're going to get me to play a souls game but like we can have a conversation. This is a good step towards it. I, I second Mike's comment that this is maybe a good stepping stone just because the core concept of 
repeating something that's very easy, but because it's happening so fast and causing chaos, it causes you to mess up. Souls is the same thing. And I want to touch on your feel comment that you talked about, Jacob, how it feels good. It absolutely does. The fact that you have that sword, I think, and you're able to deflect bullets, you can slow down time and see them coming at you kind of thing. It's almost as if like you you have full, you feel like you have control of this character because it's very responsive to exactly what you want to do when you want it. Like it, I think the boss that gave me a quick issue where I almost did a search to see how to solve it, but I naturally figured it out was, um, it was, a, a, I can't even remember what the character's name was, but it was like on a jet pack and it would shoot a laser cannon that had like a delayed launch. It was like a, a beam. <laughs> I think one yep. of the most, so that that character, um, there was a lot of times when it would jump into a corner and just scan the room with a laser beam and just kill with one shot. And I just couldn't figure out, like, I have no deflection. I have no space on the map to get to, to dodge this. And I realized a simple roll gets you past any of the attacks. Was Once that I've, like the final boss, Mo? Like the, I think the, so. Okay. Yeah. Headhunter is the name of that boss. And oh, like, man. it had a lot of different phases. Like you said, it was, and there were other enemies involved too. Yeah, and the, the phases are the ones that kind of get you there. When you realize, oh, I just made it to that checkpoint, like I just have to get through dodging four shots and hitting that person three times or whatever it might be, you understand, like, I just have to hit this boss three times and the game was over. So once you realize, just hit him once, then you'll get your checkpoint. Hit him the second time, you'll get your checkpoint. You kind of break down a heavy task into small ones, and we're just getting into agile development, <laughs> but for solving <laughs> and defeating a character. I love it. I love it. And, you know, now that we're on the topic of the headhunter, that final boss, I I felt like I was making good progress through all of it. I realized all the steps that I needed, what doors the characters were going to come out of, what types of characters that were going to come out of, how I could tackle the headhunter with the, the laser beam weapon, like how to how to juke it so you could get with close enough and hit the, the strike. It was only at the end when you get that first strike and you attack those two uh turrets on the left hand wall that you know they're they're in the top of the room they teleport to the top and they just shoot a laser beam around and i tried a million times to roll through that beam and it didn't work and i just got frustrated i'm like there's it's covering the whole screen if i can't roll through it i can't slow time and get around it i'm done so i actually looked up the solution it's like yeah you can just roll through this i was like what and the moment I read that you could roll through it, I somehow was able to start rolling through it. I swear that I had tried it ahead of time. Um, but it was that was the only point that I felt like hitting my head against the wall was not was not making progress. I wasn't getting closer. I got so close with that too, Mike. And it literally was an accidental roll through because I, I, I really took advantage of slowing down time before starting a fight just to get through the first like barrier, whatever the character was, whatever it might be. So with that boss, every time they would start to attack, I would like slow down time just to read where everything's moving and to see where I can possibly dodge. And in one of the situations, I rolled while doing that. And I was like, aha! <laughs> Once that <laughs> happened, that boss slowly became a snowball that I just needed a couple good trends. And then one thing you brought up where you wanted to put yourself in a position to see the next character, I kept getting beat by this boss, but then I saw the door that they kept coming through. So I was like, I'm going to middle of the fight, be on the right side on that door, and just smack him as soon as it comes out. And then as soon as I did that, it's like, checkpoint <laughs> like thanks <laughs> um i think the one thing we haven't touched on really explicitly is the story and i won't lie to y'all i don't i guess i don't fully like there are probably pieces of the story that i kind of breezed over or i 
didn't remember, but do y'all want to talk in like broad strokes about the story? I know I, I could y'all can't see because it it's audio, but like everybody's like, uh, I think that's like a really fair commentary on the game that like it, it it's a little tropey, but I, I was surprised at how effective it was. I came in with like zero expectations and it hit like a seven. Okay, so this game is very clearly a game that has a ton of internal backstory and narrative and lore that you could dive into. It's also a game that I'm. I, I don't know for sure, but I would highly, highly bet on the fact that there are multiple endings, that there are multiple different like hidden scenarios that you could bump into along the way based on you know who you kill, when you kill them, and what dialogue options you choose. I was just not playing this game or this playthrough for that, and I think it's probably really rewarding if you're one of those people that loves that stuff to be able to dive in and find it because this game has so much style. Like it's just got so much yeah. style, and uh, there's, it's cool. Yeah, there's one part about it that makes it so cool too, Mike. It's like when you're about to start a level, it seems like your character just like turns on a new track. He's like one second, like, and it plays like <laughs> uh, some techno, and it tells you who the artist is, the song name, and it's like bomb, chicka bomb. It's like yeah, all right, m- mission is starting, kind of thing. So yeah, it definitely oozes that style. Yeah. Um. Mike, you're right that this game has multiple, like, some choices that you can, that you can do, which lead to, like, a little bit of difference in, in gameplay. I think the biggest two kind of junctures are uh, a place where, like, two masked men who come to you in some kind of delusion and offer you life or death. And that's kind of one fork. And the fork is very simply, like, if you choose life, like, that person murders all the police that are in front of you that are there to kill you, or you choose death. And the game actually like hits the credits early. So that's kind of the first fork. And the second fork, I need to know, did you guys look into or face off against the uh, psychiatrist? Uh, spoilers. I no. killed the psychiatrist. I don't know if I had a fight with him. So what I want you all to do is I'm going to send you a link. Uh, because I won't lie, I did not face a psychiatrist, but it, it, but basically what you have to do is you have to take a series of actions through the game to basically piss him off. And then, you know, in the final section of the game, when you go and approach him, your handler, the one who's been giving you like all the drugs and all your missions, you can go to him and he can transform into this like hideous monster. Are you guys looking at the thing that I'm sending you? Look, look at some of the, some of the phases of, of that final boss. How, how would you describe... I'm going to send you video, actually, because I think that that's, like, more effective in selling, What's like... What's the Star Fox character? Andros? It reminds me of Andros for some reason, just with, like, the hands in the space. Hmm. Yeah, I sent y'all a video. It is, like, literally oh, the wildest boss battle ever. Yeah, that's gnarly. Like, the that little zombie thing at the end, the, uh, like, brain, I guess, or I don't even know what it is. Yeah, he essentially, like, first you face off against hands that, like, come out at you and try and murder you. Then you face off against eyes, very, like, Andros-like. And wow. then he becomes this, like, hideous, disgusting, like, eye, intestine, like, multiple-mouthed monster. And it's disgusting. Yeah. See, that's cool. I like the fact that you can, like, do that. You can, it probably gives you that replayability, but I, I'm satisfied with it. Like, I don't think I would replay to see that, but it would have been so cool to get that, like, path or route. How long How long did y'all play it, just out of curiosity? Because yeah, I think I, I played it for maybe four or five hours. 
Can I grab my Switch? Uh, yeah, of course. I don't know I, how I long was just it saying took I, me. I think I played it maybe four um, five I know hours. I was pretty focused on the the four hours that I think it how to beat how long to beat says that it took. I think it took me probably closer mm-hmm. to six. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like, it's a game that like if you really put your mind to it, like you could. You could beat it in, like, probably two sittings, right? I mean, if you really sure, wanted to blitz it. it, I guess you could. But, <laughs> but I think not the point you made earlier, that it's the type of game that um, your brain solves in the background, and when you come to it with some fresh eyes, you quickly get past it. I think it really is that type of game. I don't think... I think you do a disservice if you try and sprint through it. Agreed. 100% agree. Moe's actually just looking at how long he played it for how, on the Switch. How do you find out on the Switch? Don't worry about it, but, like, you think, what, probably four to six hours? I think, to be honest, because I was having a blast and, like, crushing through it, whatever the time to play, minus an hour, I think, just off okay. the top of my head. Maybe, like, four hours, you just crushed it. Mm-hmm. I think so. I was having, like, I, I maybe sat three sessions through it, and, like, it was a lot of just, like, getting through the level once to learn it and then all right here's my speed run through it like to get through it so i didn't have too much of a a trouble with the difficulty i think it was a lot of like just once you understood i got a rhythm going maybe early on i was garbage but once i got to the end i never really got stuck except for that laser lady yeah um i'm just gonna give like the quick overview of the story um incredibly fast-paced you're uh uh like a scientific experiment from a past like from the past, you were given drugs. That side effect is like you can kind of control time, but it made you into a super soldier. The thing that spoilers you discover in the end is that like you were a weapon of like the government in in war and you just like murdered mercilessly. And your whole kind of guidance through the game is to kind of clean up the mess of the government of all the loose ends related to that drug Kronos. And then you become self-aware and like not self-aware, but like you become more aware of you're being manipulated. And then you just decide to take it out on everyone that like has taken it on who has taken it out on you. Is that like a fair assessment of, of the story? Pretty much. Pretty much. I feel, I I feel so. like we're doing a, d- a disservice to it, but there's there, so much yeah, guarantee these... that we can dive into. There are these flashbacks that I think your character goes through um, as they're working through the therapy. And I want to get your take on this. Every time I saw those flashbacks where the scientist comes in, points at the little kid and says run or hide or yells something. The soldier comes in, kills the scientist, and then you're kind of just left hanging. I thought that whole time that our character, the protagonist, was that little kid. Oh, okay. Up until the very end when you realize that your character is the soldier that's coming in to kill. Yeah, I thought the same thing, Mike. I thought we were that little kid scared being warned by the the scientist kind of thing. And a lot of it was like, okay, I don't understand what's happening. It's going to make sense in the end. I don't know what's happening. And it was kind of just the story just kept getting kicked down the road like the can just kept getting kicked down the road at the end it's like oh you were the bad guy it's like okay cool i I did i wasn't that involved in it i really loved like the game and the mechanics and the gameplay and the flow but when someone's like did you like the story i'd be like it's a story i didn't really pay attention maybe it's my fault maybe it's the game's fault i'll say it's my fault because i didn't really care about it at the same way but that's just how I, i enjoyed the game i had a positive experience and the story wasn't part of it yeah i would say like it was there are moments where i thought that story was really cool like at the end 
after like as the credits are rolling and they give you those really stylized like panels of a graphic novel and there's like a little bit of dialogue and it's clearly giving you some big story beats i thought that was really cool even though i didn't quite understand it um it feels like this is something that you would be really rewarded if you paid attention to the story and got into it but i just didn't in my playthrough yeah i i would say like it was a great vehicle for the gameplay and like it was my least favorite facet of the game but that's just be- not because it was bad it's just because literally everything else was just so like bangers only like graphics were perfect sound was amazing like i'm a huge synthwave fan so like i love the sound um the gameplay was like so perfect uh the length was great uh, i could i could go on and on but like i guess the story to me was like the thing that took a back seat only because everything else was just so good I love how well animated all of these pixel art characters were like the level of detail and attention was amazing. And I think I lost a little bit of that because I was playing it on such a small screen, but I could tell that there was a lot of animation happening even within those little pixels when, when people were close together. Yeah, there's like some moments when like I'd look into the switch screen, like I have it right up to my face, and I can notice like there's like a belt, but it's like three pixels long, and they're not even touching the brown colors, not even like touching kind of thing, or the pants themselves have like a multicolored design to them. It's not just blue pant. The small little additional details that don't need to be there, but they just give it so much depth, and like you appreciate it if you really look into every single character, like Mike was saying. Uh, did V, who was like one of the main antagonists. Did they have a Vancouver Canucks jersey? I I, 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 I swear notice. that V had a Vancouver Canucks jersey or like Vancouver Canucks colors, but that's probably oh. just me wishing. It might have just went over my head. Um, <laughs> I'm not too sure. Do you know if there's a Canadian connection to this game? Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, no, I don't. I was just asking if you knew if there was. Oh, um, I think I might look into this really quickly. I saw that the credits for this game, it was basically written um programmed uh music was composed for it all by one guy obviously there were some other people involved um i thought the other thing that was kind of funny is i saw idubs as one of the uh like thank yous oh in the in the credits um the credits are pretty interesting i would i would recommend people take a look at them okay that's that's a really that's a really cool thing to, to look into i'll have to look at the credits um i think that that covers katana zero um if y'all kind of had to just give your your wrapping thoughts on it i know i only ask because mo i know that you specifically said you wanted to talk about hotline miami and katana zero i'm just going to be really quick and say love this game if you've got xbox game pass you've got no excuse um it is a fun jaunt that will last you four hours if you loved hotline miami like this should be a, an instant buy Mo, why don't you why don't you tell us the thoughts that you've been saving for this entire episode? Yeah, um, so I, I thought it was a great game, and I will none of the things I'm about to say will diminish the fact that it's a great game. I was just coming in thinking like Hotline Miami, I thoroughly enjoy. I love the fast pacedness. This one was a great like for, r- new version of it. It was very enjoyable. The f- I, my only knocks that I kind of made it. I pegged it down below Hotline Miami was the story. I wasn't really that interested. Not to say that Hotline Miami I was glued to the TV, but for some reason Hotline Miami like had a nice flow to it, where like the story kept progressing. Uh, you kind of learned more as you went. At the end, like it kind of dropped a little bit of information. Um, the 2D platformer, I still, they're great. 
I just like a little something different than just platformer, platformer, and that could be just burnout from uh, playing multiple platformers. I think if you love uh, Hotline Miami, you have to try this out. Uh, you're going to like this game too if you liked Hotline Miami. Um, if you didn't like Hotline Miami, you don't like blitzing through levels and like getting beat by one enemy attack kind of thing, it's going to be another game that's not for you. Like it's Once you get over that hump where you're okay with getting hit once because like, you messed up a flow, this might be the best game you can play. But until you get to that... Just avoid it, because it's going to be another frustrating game that you're not going to like, just like all the other ones are that are great to other people, but maybe not the best for you. Mike, final thoughts? I really, really enjoyed the game. Uh, I thought it played incredibly well, even streaming it onto a phone screen um, in, and using xCloud. I, I would recommend it to most people. Um, at least try it out. There's, you know, at least with Game Pass, there's no real cost to try um i really really enjoyed it i it's been a while since i played a hotline miami game and i think this was a fun little twist on it mike every time you talk about xcloud i feel like you should wrap it up with like swipe up to subscribe for (laughs) (laughs) 10.99 it's a great value (laughs) the best value in video games tm uh, those are our thoughts about Katana Zero. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, we've got tons more. You can find those at leftbehindgame.club. You can find us on Twitter at leftbehindclub, on Instagram at leftbehindgameclub. And if you enjoyed this discussion, you can take this discussion into our Discord. The link to that is at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. Mo, again, thank you for setting that up. You are a, a gentleman and a scholar. It takes no time. Uh, don't don't pat me on the back for that one (laughs) um mike if people want to find you and your work on the internet where's the best place that they can do so find me at ruffalo m on most social places online and michaelruffalo.com have you updated your website yet it's a placeholder for now (laughs) work's been busy i just know that in the past I hey I know I know I just know in, in in the recent future like a few episodes ago you're like ask me how I'm doing and I'll I'll let you know so <laughs> I feel like that was really mean of me to do because I know how busy you are but someday someday 2021 someday Mo where can uh, folks find you you can find me at uh, on most social media platforms at Emratadi um, or you can find me on the Discord chatting it up and trying to remember to join Among Us uh, games because I usually forget day up. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms. I put up this really cool thing on YouTube. It is called Video Game Trivia. It is a video game-based trivia show that I'll be starting to do live on Twitch more often in 2021. Uh, you can check out the first episode at youtube.com slash Jacob McCourt. And check me out in 2021 live on twitch.tv slash Jacob McCourt. I also have another podcast called Cutscenes. It is a video game movie podcast that comes out. Uh, season 2 comes out in February of 21. So you can find that at cutscenes.ca. That's a lot of things, man. Busy, busy, busy. I'm busy, busy, busy. So let's close the show. Mike, what do we always say to him? And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. <laughs>